But I hate when I feel like this And I never hated you Neurotica is a weekly podcast going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind and bringing them to light. Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception and more. Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to... Nevadica. Ah, ah, ah. Are you, is that being, you're being a Dracula? Yeah, I'm being a Dracula for Halloween. Halloween? That's today. They're not, the audience isn't going to be listening to this on Halloween, so it's not going to make any sense. They're not going to get it. It also doesn't make sense that I said Halloween without any context. Halloween? Is this, are we doing a spicy episode? What would a spicy episode be? I don't know. Like, Talking shit on Carl Anthony Towns on Instagram and Twitter. Oh shit! <laughs> no, I wasn't going that far. Um, yeah, we so we are recording right now. It's Halloween. There are two parties happening around us. I was not invited to either one of them. Thanks, neighbors. Uh, Bobby, are you invited to the parties? Uh, just the one. Wait, what? Yeah. Then I was on my way in. They were like, they said, "Oh, do you want to come over for a drink?" And then they saw me going to your door, and they were like, "Oh, wait, you're friends with him? Never mind." You're not so they weren't just inviting everybody to walk by. It seemed they were, unless they were friends with you. It seemed like. Oh, that kind of explains a lot. Anywho, so we didn't record an episode. Well, we recorded some things last week, but we did not record and release an episode. What we decided week. to do was take the momentum of the episode with Steph, which is, I think, everyone would agree, one of our best episodes. Yes, largely due to Steph and not due to us. That's most things that happen successfully for this podcast. We said we'd take the momentum Not that we had there. staff, but you go in. Yeah. We thought we'd take the momentum that we had there, and rather than just try to keep it going, we thought we'd try a wacky harebrained experiment. I, I think it's a little harsh. I think what we wanted to do was... We, would, we decided to try something that, in retrospect, everyone that we told the idea told us would go poorly, as it did. Yeah. It, in retrospect... It had good intentions, though. The point of the episode, and we will talk about this a little bit, um, but we're going to go a little further, is that we were going to do an episode about self-care. So for context, me and Bobby took Thursday and Friday off of last week. So you think very easily these guys are going to get a podcast out. We're a little bit of nerds. Part of the reason why we took off is because we wanted to play Call of Duty. I think Saturday you had Penn State's homecoming, right? No, so this weekend was actually something that I wanted oh, to talk about. Oh, so you're about. a traitor? You didn't care about Penn State's homecoming? Was it? I didn't even know it was. I don't State's know. Homecoming. I just saw a lot of people wear Penn State shoes. I, I know assumed. it was West so Maybe it wasn't. Well, that's just every, any Saturday in the state of Pennsylvania. Look, man, I live in Philly. I don't have to abide by your rules. Well... You can wear a Wake Forest <laughs> thing around here. So we took off Thursday and Friday, um, partially because the new Call of Duty game, which is... Really hyped up and expected to be great, and it, as it turns out, it was. was coming out at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern on Thursday, and so we just decided take all Thursday off, take all Friday off. We can stay up all night playing and play all day Friday. Like, for whatever reason, we decided we have the days to take off. We've been looking forward to this. We deserve it. Let's just do it. Yeah, and we... We decided to move the episodes to Monday, not because we were like, oh, fuck, we're just not going to get the episode out Friday, necessarily. That kind of became a, like, byproduct of but we released the step episode on Monday, and we really liked the idea that we were giving people an episode to start their week. And that episode was successful, mostly because of Steph, but also I really think that the idea that people had it fresh, like, to start the week, and they could listen to it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, instead of getting it, like later in the week and then be like oh i'll remember to listen to this maybe next week was a little bit better so we were like okay we have the time and then thursday bobby came over a little bit later than i expected and we both wanted to be on for the 9 p.m release of call of duty that didn't happen either <laughs> call of duty servers were not ready for us we came in hot we didn't get on until 11 15 i want to say so even in that time we definitely could have recorded so between Bobby showing up at like 7.30 and us thinking we only have an hour and a half, we really had like four hours. <laughs> so that that sucked. But I, I pitched Bobby this idea and I really wanted to do it. And that was essentially 
what we were doing was based on this thing of self-care. I, I didn't just take off Thursday for Call of Duty because I couldn't want to work. I took off Thursday because I was also um, going to the Sixers Wednesday night. And originally I thought I was going to be drinking, but I don't drink anymore. Oh, yeah, I was supposed to. That was why I took off Thursday. I was supposed to be uh, watching the Sixers game with a friend at a bar and he ended up getting tickets at the last minute. So you so, just did nothing. So I yeah, I ended up just doing nothing on Wednesday night and not having to take Thursday off really. Okay. But I'm so glad I did. Yeah. So either way, <laughs> we both took four day weekends. We didn't really need to take we didn't take them strictly for the video game, but we felt like, hey, we really care about this video game. It seemed like a good time for us to just take a four day weekend. We hung out on that Thursday right away. We played the video game a lot and I said, That's what's gonna happen. We're gonna play this video game. Bobby, you're gonna drink. I'm gonna smoke a shit ton. We're going to get fucked up. Let's, as soon as we start, you know, winding down, like, the video game, let's just start recording the podcast. And it's going to be, like, nonsense for a lot of it because we're going to be fucked up. But we're going to be talking about, you know, why we wanted to do it so bad. We're going to be really honest with ourselves about, like, oh, man, like, this just meant a lot to me because it was a chance to, um, you know, be finally do something that, like, was just for me and all this stuff. I ended up getting really mad at the video game, so I didn't help. What else went wrong, Bobby? Well, there's a well-known saying that it's one of those quotes that's always misattributed. And in this case, it's the quote, write drunk, edit sober, attributed to Ernest Hemingway. who's one of the greatest writers of all time. And, you know, someone that writers look at, especially male writers, because he's the epitome of, he's considered like the epitome of masculinity and stuff like that, but also like this amazing writer. Uh, it turns out that is, he never said that. And in fact, he had a famous quote saying, I can spot where Faulkner, I can spot on the page where William Faulkner's had his third bourbon. <laughs> so he was completely the opposite of that. So our intention was we'll play so, all night. Like by the time we started recording, it was like 2, 2.30 in the morning. We'll be like, I'll be a little drunk. He'll be a little high. Like we're kind of um, just loopy from playing all night yeah. and being up late and We'll, we'll get into it and we'll, there'll be some nonsense and stuff like that, but we'll we'll try to kind of get to the heart of this and also give the listeners an, an experience. Kind yeah, of, like it, it was different. supposed to be kind of like a stream of consciousness, but like in a positive light of like, we did this for us. What happened was it became an incoherent mess. I disagreed with Bobby about scrapping it completely, but in the moment, even I was just like, fuck this and just exit out. We probably could have kept it and just left it as like a, a blooper reel or like maybe the first half of the episode and record the second half and be like, that was terrible and like break it down or something. But we just got rid of it. We were just like, this, this isn't the product we want to give people. This is exactly why we said, you know, we want to move things to Mondays. And Bobby said to me drunkenly at 3 a.m., you know, let's do this tomorrow. Tomorrow comes, we're playing Call of Duty, we're on the chat together, I'm like, Bobby, you coming over today? And Bobby's like, what do you mean? <laughs> I forgot I was talking to a dude at 3am while he's like, hammered drunk. Like, that guy's not gonna remember anything I said, so... Medium hammered. Not a great time for me to be like, hey, remember plans? No. So, you were like, what? So here's how I'll describe <laughs> what we had recorded on Thursday. Say that there's two routes that you can get to, to get to the main heart of the point of a podcast. You can take the highway and get straight there, or you can take the scenic route, take some twists and turns, some like nice side conversations, but always get back to the point. What our podcast on Thursday, early Friday morning ended up being was you get on the highway, you take the first exit. You say, Oh fuck, I got to get back on the highway. You get back on the highway. You take the next exit. You say, Oh fuck, I got to get back on the highway. You get on the highway. You take the same exit again. And then we just did that for like 25 minutes. I disagree. I think it was more like hitting a fire hydrant. A bunch of kids showed up. And then some news station came and interviewed all the kids. And they all just had the same dumb shit, but a different way. About the fire hydrant. I felt like we just kept repeating ourselves about the exact same thing. But we would always try to like reconnect it to something. But then we'd cut each other off. Yeah. And then we'd get way further off the path. The, it was a disaster. The point, the it wasn't is, episode worth listening to. We we had the best of intentions when we started this, but as you're listening to this now, you're probably saying to yourself, that was a very clearly bad idea. That was never going to work out. Why would they even try that? Well, well, we wanted to do something different. You know, it was it was a little bit, you know, kind of... The Steph episode was great, and I feel like 
we didn't want to come back and not follow that up, and that sucks that we didn't, but we also didn't want to follow it up with the worst we had. So I say to Bobby, or Bobby says to me, let's do this tomorrow. Bobby forgets. He's kind of has some stuff planned. Go, whatever. I go, can you do it tomorrow? He says, no, I can't do it tomorrow unless it's early afternoon. I'm going somewhere. And he says, what about Sunday for you? And I go, I can't do it Sunday. I have plans like all day, which didn't end up being true. But at a certain point Sunday night, I just gave up on, we'll get to that. Um, but basically, like, we were just, we were just, didn't have good communication. Bobby, like, by the time I texted him Saturday, he was already his way to Havertown and like, you know, it's easy for me to be like, well, okay, Bobby, you know, why didn't you do the things you said that you don't remember? But I also asked Bobby to come to my house every single week to podcast. Bobby does an amazing job of keeping his Thursdays always open. Bobby makes a lot of, like, you know, accommodations for this podcast. And I not found somebody else who has the same passion about it as I do. So I would not ask him to be the host. So when I say Bobby made a mistake this weekend, I want you guys to know that like I don't really hold it against him. I was actually way more mad that I was bad at Call of Duty. <laughs> like I'm not kidding. I'm way more pissed off about Call of Duty. Honestly, this all comes back to Call of Duty. It does. But so we're here now. We're we're soberish enough. I mean, we haven't really done anything tonight, but like we're sipping some beers or whatever, and we're talking about self care and what that weekend meant to us. Bobby, I wanted you to talk about what the weekend meant for you because mine, as you probably would predict when Cody talks about something, takes a twist of some sort. Especially when Cody wants to make it the focus of the podcast episode. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Bobby. Let's, let's talk about your weekend. Then. No, All right, I, so... I really do want to talk about your weekend because I want to compare it a little bit to how, like, really, you and I essentially, even though we do not work at the same company, essentially work the same job. Let's just say it that way. So us taking a Thursday, Friday off is basically us doing the same thing. Yeah. So my work recently has been kind of stressful because we're undergoing our semi-yearly, bi-yearly, whichever one means twice a year, um, PwC audit. And I'm like sort of the leader of the team. So I'm in charge of doing all the research, collecting all the evidence, um, communicating with PwC if something's going on, which there always is. So, and that's all on top of just my normal day-to-day job. So my job's been pretty stressful for the last month and a half, which is why when I had, I had taken, I had actually taken the Friday off under the guise of I'm going to a dentist appointment. So yeah, you've maybe (laughs) said something to your employers, whatever. Sure. And I was at work Wednesday and I was supposed to go to the bar with a friend for the Sixers game and I have a certain amount of days off I have to use and I was like, would you guys mind if I actually took tomorrow off? Like, spur of the moment because I was just feeling like I needed to. And also, when I'm at work, I literally don't leave my desk for the entire day because I get paid hourly, so I get overtime if I, like, skip lunch. So I just yeah. always skip lunch. And I want to jump in here and just say, like, me and Bobby, we work the same way, too. Like, I do, even though I don't get paid hourly, I do similar things just for, like, my own, like, sake of how finance people work sometimes, too. Um, sorry, the kitty has joined the podcast because she was upset she wasn't getting any attention. But, like, me, again, me and Bobby do essentially the same thing every day. And I'm not, well, bless you, kitty. Um, not saying that to be, like, don't uh, listen to Bobby's story. I'm saying it's just like, you know, to make the point that we follow very similar schedules, but what makes Bobby's a little bit different is Bobby commutes to Delaware every day, and I wanted to make sure that was included in the story. I live and work in Philly. I walk to my job. Bobby commutes down to Delaware and comes back. So yeah, that, so that's an interesting wrinkle in the story. From the time, from like the time I leave my door to the time I get back, it's like 12 hours a day, which... I'm sure that's true for a lot of people, but it's just a lot. And especially when I don't take a break when I'm working, um, which is worth the money, but it still grinds you down. So for me to have like a long weekend where I could just literally like sit on my fucking couch and fuck around and not do anything meant so much like, and for the first time when I had off like ever, no one on my team like contacted me to help them with anything. 
which yeah. I was kind of proud of them about, and but mostly I was just like, fuck yes, I don't have to worry about it at all. And then Saturday, my one of my good friends whose wedding I'm going to be in at the end of the month, his fiance was on her bachelorette party. He had had his bachelor party a couple of weeks ago. We talked about it when I went to Penn State. So that we took that as a time where we could just have like kind of a second like minor like boys night, like boys yeah. weekend thing. And that was the reason why I ended up flaking on Saturday by accident because I was expecting to be leaving at four in the afternoon and they ended up being like, all right, we're getting back from breakfast at 1130 and we're going to start drinking now. Yeah, and then my Sunday was already locked in. It was just, you know, you have a long weekend. You want to do a lot of things in it. I had already locked in Sunday. Yeah, so... I don't blame Bobby for doing what he did Saturday. I would put that over the podcast as well. It's just bad timing and some confusion. Sorry we didn't put it out in an episode, but... And I didn't mean to put it over the podcast. I just... They just said that, and I was like, oh, fuck, I, this is starting earlier than I thought. I, best, I guess I'd better get over there. And also, these are friends who they live in the suburbs they really never come to the city and i never get to see them so to be able to hang out with like just the guys who i love but who i rarely get to see like that was sort of all consuming for me and it was we were talking the whole time like we need to find a way to make this happen more like we need to send the girls down the shore or something so that we can all just like hang out well and i think that's what you know makes it like a when you take like a long weekend or a vacation good it's it's sometimes the location but sometimes it's the people you surround yourself with and like that's what makes it memorable it's like it doesn't matter if it's four days or even just a two-day weekend where you could you know spend some time with people so i guess that's a, probably a good place to transition to my weekend i want to say my weekend wasn't bad but something of course happened but you know we'll talk about that so basically thursday bobby comes over we already talked through, like, you know, we try to get Call of Duty, we have all these troubles, we eventually get it, we play, and we have a good night, but we just can't get a podcast out. The next day, we're playing again. I'm a little frustrated that Bobby forgot, but I'm also just mad at this video game. But it kind of, like, killed my Friday plans, but not really, because my only Friday plan was record a podcast. I was like, I didn't really have Friday plans. We also just played for, like, 12 straight hours. Yeah, so it was like, even if Bobby came over, I would still probably be playing Call of Duty. It was just the difference was Bobby was going to be in my living room playing Call of Duty next to me versus me playing Call of Duty with Bobby in a different room. So I was like, whatever, okay. So Saturday, Bobby texted me, but I had plans for Saturday. I went to my friend's house, and when I went to my friend's house, I won't who they are but the friends of the podcast um they said you know oh we're gonna cook these like crab cake sandwiches later crab cakes crab in general is my favorite food so crab cake sandwiches i love and i was like oh well i got this you know uh weed butter which is a long story that i don't feel comfortable getting into just because some of the people involved in it but it had all this weed butter through this very weird like back channel you know story that i can tell you is actually more inspiring when you hear it at first and then later just become like what like but i get this weed butter and i go over there and i say hey can we bake this into something so we make some brownies and this is supposed to just be me having a chill hangout with my friends and i know that my other friends are doing a bar crawl for um halloween because it's like the saturday before halloween and i and i kind of plan to meet up with them later and even though I keep saying this, the thing like, oh, I'm going to be so high, I'm not even going to, I'm going to pass out. I know I'm going to meet out with them later. I've got FOMO off the ass. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. So I take the first brownie. We're all, all taking it and we're waiting for it to hit. And it hits, um, you know, me and my one friend who's a little bit more experienced and it hits his girlfriend who's a little less experienced and she's really feeling it right away. Me and him are like, let's go do our second because we're, we're not really feeling it that much. Let's do our second and starts hitting him. And I start to feel mine, and my anxiety just kicks through the roof and cuts right through my high. I don't even feel high at this point anymore. I have two kind of funny weed brownie stories, if I may interject. Yeah, I'd go for it. The first is, when I was a freshman in college, uh, I was up at Penn State for this thing called Summer Session that a lot of people have to, like, it's, I didn't have to do it, but a lot of people have to do it as a condition of getting into Penn State main campus freshman year. Um, but my parents thought it would be a good idea if I did. So we did. So I met a bunch of friends up there. Um, and a couple of them 
smoked weed. So the first weekend that we moved in, we decided, all right, let's, we have some weed. Let's like get some papers, roll joints, go for a walk, smoke it. So we did that. And as we're going for a walk, like around this thing, that's kind of, it's like the tennis courts near the dorms. If you went to Penn State, you'll get it. If not, whatever, just an open area. That's not, that's not the dorms, but it's kind of near them. We get caught by security and we take off in two different directions. I have the weed on me. My friends don't. So the security ends up catching my friends who don't have the weed and not catching me. So that scared us out of smoking weed for most of freshman year. So instead of doing that, there was a kid the grade above me uh, at the prep who made brownies. So I would just go catch the bus around to his place, go buy brownies for all of us, come back. The first time we did that, my one friend had never had them before. So he does the most typical weed brownie thing is and takes one and after half hour starts getting super paranoid about it not working. Yeah, he's so, being a dumbass. Which makes it clear that it is working because of how paranoid it is. Yeah. So he gets up and goes to the bathroom and like comes back and he's just like wide eye looking at all of us like, dude, why is this not working? We're like, Nina, I think it is working, pal. Yeah. And then he sits down on the bed and he's just staring at this poster of Frank Sinatra and after five minutes he's just like, Dude, I don't know why this fucking brownie's not working, but Frank Sinatra is just staring at me. What the fuck is going on? We're like, the brownie's working, dude. Like, what the fuck? I just always think that's the most like stereotypical first yeah. time eating an edible story. And then the second one is related to the what I made reference to earlier, the Timberwolves Sixers game that happened last night. Oh, yeah. Where Embiid, Joel Embiid got in a fight with Carl Anthony Towns. The first time they played each other, I had... I was like really looking forward to it. I was like, it's gonna be like Godzilla I, I versus. I remember this. I was like, it's gonna be fucking like Godzilla versus like, what's the thing from the Power Rangers, the big robot? Godzilla versus like a Megazord, oh, which yeah. is just Pacific Rim. So I was like, it's gonna be Pacific Rim, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I ate too much of the brownie and got super high and was like shivering on under a blanket. And the wolves beat us and. Towns made Embiid look pretty bad a couple of times. So. I think I think Embiid will get his revenge eventually. Um, but we but can talk I, about more of that on a different podcast. But it's but, funny that you brought that up. But I was just like literally qu- uh, because so much of my Twitter persona was like Sixers. I was yeah. Like, did I spend the last like five years of my life just completely devoted to a lost cause? Like it was the I worst. I remember experience. you having that <laughs> breakdown and then me just being like, "Shut the fuck up, Bobby!" Like. But, um, or maybe I wasn't even in your life at that point, but, like, I, I but, remember, so like... it sounds like you were having a similar sort of anxiety spike when, on Saturday. Well, so here's the, here's the thing. So, basically, I got this can of butter with the assumption that I was going to make a bunch of edibles for what I would call a good cause. Bobby, you've heard the story. Would you consider it a good cause? Yes. I'm not going to reveal the good cause, but it basically, I'll say, a family member needed them. And I've just benefited from the fact that I'm a pothead, so I get to keep some of them. I found out now, the family member doesn't need them now because they can't use them at all. They thought they couldn't smoke weed. They can't actually even have weed in their system. So now I have all these edibles, which very illegal. Thanks for me to say that out loud. But, you know, I don't edit this shit. So, boss, sorry. Um, People talk about doing all kinds of drugs on podcasts. I don't think you're in... Yeah, I don't really fucking care. Um, Anyway, but the thing is, you know, I was taking um the cookies that i made friday and doing similar things of like you know i take one and then i you know take some more and then saturday i was taking one of the brownies and i took a second one and then i was about to leave and then before i left i took a third brownie and i came home i got into famous my... last words but that's not what happened i came home i put on my halloween costume I went to meet my friends at a bar and was waiting for my third brownie to hit. It hit for maybe 30 seconds. <sighs> that sucks. Yeah. So the running theory is that my tolerance has gotten so ridiculously high that I can't like try to run on my highs. I have to just take three brownies like up front. But that's kind of fucking weird either way. Anyway, had a good night with my friends. Ended up having a couple drinks. Probably drank a little too much. The next day, I call out a therapy because I'm hungover. I tell her it's a stomach problem. This is the second time in three weeks I've called out a therapy for sickness. 
Part of the reason I felt comfortable calling out therapy is because I've been feeling really happy lately. I've been feeling good. That's why I've been not so yeah. worried about it. But I didn't call out because I was like, hey, I'm too happy. I called out because I really was just hung over. I kind of lied to her. but And your therapist had told you before, like, don't come hungover, right? Well, she said, like, don't come drunk and, like, you know, put your health first. So I texted her that, and then she called me, but I was asleep, and I missed the call by, like, four minutes. I tried to call her back. She didn't answer. I guess she called and then was about to text me and then read my text. I was like, oh, wait, so maybe she was canceling on me even. But it kind of made me worried. Then I had, um, you know, the Eagles game, and I had something else in the day that made me, like, like hang out with a friend that made me really happy and stuff. And then... Just, like, as soon as that person left, this just loneliness just, like, wiped through me. I went to the grocery store, and I remember just seeing this Rolodex in my head, just spinning through these people, and just seeing, like, these people in my life and thinking, this is the people I've harmed, these are the people I will harm. And it didn't make any sense, because I, I hadn't done anything. I hadn't done anything wrong at all. I was just high. And I was walking back, and somehow my high led to a breakdown. And what the running theory between me and my friends are is I had the worst edible hangover of all time and caused some serious depression. But here's what's weird about it is that I want to talk about something today called a positive crisis. Because what happened Sunday scared the shit out of me because it shouldn't have happened. Everything was going great. And unfortunately, Sunday, I had my first suicidal thought in months. I want to ensure everybody I'm fine. Came out of nowhere. And I went, fuck that. And that's great. It's good to me to even know that I could have some room of happiness. But it kind of threw me off for Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday, I had a good day. But today, I had a really bad day. And I had kind of a breakdown coming home. So I want to talk about kind of what happened Sunday and what a positive crisis is and then I want to read an analogy but Bobby based right. on what I've said you know kind of what is your take on all of well this? I have two questions the first is when you have a suicidal thought and we've talked about this before at some length but I don't think I've ever asked this particular question before when you have a suicidal thought like you um, just said that you had on Sunday is that it it's like a bolt into your mind, like I should kill myself, and then you actively dismiss it? Or is it your mind is like actively saying I should kill myself? It depends. I mean, in the past when it's been really bad, that's just a wandering daydream. I mean, there's been times where killing myself is just me fantasizing about it. This one, thankfully, was a little bit more of a bolt, and me rejecting it made me feel better. But here's basically what happened. I saw the role of decks of people. I said, remove yourself from their lives. And then I said, the only way you do that is so you kill yourself. So, so you that, a... as far as the suicidal thought goes, that is also, you know, milder. And, you know, obviously it's more of like, oh, he puts some together some weird logic. But you have to keep in mind that when you have a suicidal thought, whether it's kind of direct or indirect, you completely know what you just insinuated to yourself. Right. Like, there's no beating around the bush on that. So you had a what a wonderful life. Yeah, basically kind of thing. So, you know. Oh, my, uh, I did have a second question. Yeah. Uh, the term positive crisis, is that something that you put together yourself or is that like a technical? Um, my therapist ther said that to me. So I would okay. assume that other people have said it in the, in the past, but whether she put it together or not, I think people will start to get illuminated um, when have I you talk about some of the things that I'm about to talk about. Have you spoken to her since then? Like, what? because of this, or is this something she's mentioned in the past? So she's mentioned this in the past okay. for other things, but I had some good weeks, and we. she even said I wasn't showing the signs of my positive crisis where I would be worried, but she still saw me as a little bit performative, and basically, I want to give you guys an idea of why this was so weird. Okay, so what is the definition for those like me who don't know of a positive crisis? So I, I was going to wait for the definition, but basically... Positive crisis means that, you know, as a, a depressed person or somebody with anxiety, you're really conditioned to a certain feeling, you know, of despair, dread, whatever. Right. A positive crisis means that when things start going well and you start feeling good, you're not in your natural state and you know you're going to go back to your natural state. So you just start freaking out 
basically waiting for that moment. So even though good things are happening and you should just enjoy them, you're just basically waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, and that's a term everybody knows. Positive crisis is waiting for the other shoe to drop, but in your, basically your mental health. Okay, so it's like you feel that you're outside of your equilibrium, which your equilibrium is like lower than where you're at. Yeah, but it's and... not it's not like we want to get back to that equilibrium either. It's just that we we get scared out of our mind because we assume that we've been doing wrong so or at least on my case, I assume I've been doing wrong for so long that whatever is going right right now, some way I will revert back to the mean. The... You know, like it, the law of averages basically. So it sounds and you can obviously correct me with if I'm wrong because this is all new terminology to me. It sounds kind of similar to like imposter syndrome where you're like, yeah. it's not, oh, I'm in this job and I feel like I don't deserve it for whatever reason. It's, oh, I feel happy and I'm not used to that and I feel like I don't deserve it. So I'm waiting to get back down. Yeah. So it, it's definitely related to some degree, um, maybe just because people who generally have those two issues have them i don't know if there's actually a correlation um like you know from a medical standpoint but that is true for me and i think you'll see that nested but i want to talk about the week leading up even to the the you know four-day weekend on monday we released an episode with steph driver that was by by far one of our better episodes just in terms of quality but in terms of people listening and we were so thankful to have a strong female voice on. And we also had Harmony Woods on a month before. And another strong female voice who is in the music world. And we were so excited about that episode. We thought that was the episode that was going to make Neurotica a thing. Like, we loved it. Yeah. And that was... We were riding some highs on that. And I had some really rough moments in the wake of my breakup and the block. But we were riding some highs. And that Steph episode kind of kicked it off for my week. So, Monday, we... we Release that. We're getting good feedback. People are listening. We don't get too many trolls or anything like that. Everything's going great from what I've seen. And, you know, Steph was, like, really happy to be on. And we, we felt like we had great everything. So that's just how Monday starts. Also on Monday, I have a meeting with my um, boss um, without revealing too much about my personal life to just in case I'm, like, fixing myself. I was basically able to confirm the exact date that I'm going to get a promotion, but basically told that I'm getting a promotion. That's a very positive and awesome thing. There's nothing to complain about there at all. We love to hear it. Um, Wednesday, I went to the Philadelphia 76ers game as I am a season ticket holder, which is another positive thing in my life now. I was able to take my best friend for his birthday, and we finally saw the Sixers dismantle their rivals, the Celtics. The first half, it was very like, what it's always been the second half they just look like the better team this is something me and bobby have been waiting on for years like bobby you could speak to that one yeah at some point last season i tweeted that like the last time the sixers beat the celtics was you know like <laughs> during the boss like before the boston tea party or something like that and someone was like well they beat them in the playoffs once last year i was like they lost in five games and they just lose every time like it 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 felt like one of those irrational things where no matter how much better than them we actually were, there was just a psychological thing that our team and as fans, we project ourselves onto the team. Like we could never get over that hump. So like to see that is, was embarrassingly important yeah. for us psychologically. To, honestly, like I remember seeing the players that were in for the Celtics and they, we should beat them. And then we did. And that was just like validating for us, and now we're, you know, sitting Sixers or 4-0. Me and Bobby are feeling pretty good, considering that we're both big Sixers fans and are in different directions completely the most emotional Sixers <laughs> fans around. Uh, we could do our own Sixers podcast. We just de- decided to do a mental health one because close enough. Um, but, you know, like, I, I went to that game. And, Buy the Matisse Thibault shirts, though. But that's the thing, though. That's another positive thing. Mike Scott of the Philadelphia 76ers quote-tweeted me and I just want to say I'm excited about that just because it connects me to the team. And that was awesome. And we got a lot of sales. We we created a shirt because um, we I love puns. And I wanted to do something for uh, Matisse Thibel, our new rookie. And I came up with a term called Broad Street Thibulies. And we put out a shirt called Broad Street Thibuli. 
and Mike Scott quote tweeted it and we got a bunch of sales. People were tweeting a lot and it was awesome. It wasn't about the money. It was just about like doing something cool for the team. And then him saying, Hey, send us a shirt. And Erica, the person I designed it with, she does an amazing job. Want to get her on the pod at some point, but she's one of the best designers I've ever seen. You already know her from the Mike Scott high for the, I ain't no bitch shirt. This was the Matisse Thibel one. She designed it completely. It was just my idea. And it came out beautifully. Mike Scott said, buy it. And then some ass clowns tried to tell us why it was bad, even though everybody had already validated it was cool. So you could buy that shirt, but it was just like a cool moment. So like everything was going really well for me. And then Saturday, I got a chance to hang out with my friends and then go hang out with my friends. And this anxiety kept cutting through me. And I don't know what it was, but I, I was fine through it. And I go to the bar to have a great time. And just, just, it was a great night. Sunday, I have a great time. Eagles win. And like, you know, as underdogs, you know, just everything's going well. And I'm hanging out with this friend and the friend leaves. And then just like black hole. Everything's going well. And I go to the grocery store and I'm walking back and I just see this turnstile of just like, or this Rolodex of the faces. And one of them is my ex, the one that, you know, we had the episode about a block. And then it's, you know, the next person and the next person and the next person. It's people in my life, like friends, family, love interests, things like that. And just thinking about the pain I could cause. So I had really trouble putting that in the words, but my brain was just like, you know, get out of there. You know, and I finally came up with an analogy, and I want to read it kind of verbatim. I'm going to redact some things just because I think they're a little bit personal, and I just don't want to talk about some of the things that are personal. And I, I think that's fair as, you know, I, I think I'm pretty candid on this show, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say that you almost go out of your way when there's something that you want to keep private to, like, yeah, couch so, how much you want to keep it private. Yeah, like and it's usually for somebody else's sake. And Bobby, yeah. I know I'm stealing the show. Like, I, I, I generally do sometimes. But just for this one analogy, and I, I want to just say it and then just kind of get your reaction to it. Yeah. And I'm going to say some things that might be triggering because these do contain um, potentially triggering thoughts of suicide. And I want to say I wrote these today... This is not how I feel right now. I took one of my anxiety pills and realized it wasn't as bad as I thought. But um, this is what I wrote out to a friend. I don't think the, I'm not going to mention the friend. I don't think they're going to care me reading a message I sent. So I, I'm going to read it right now. I had a really bad breakdown walking home from work, and I think I got the analogy. I feel like my whole life I'm running through this field as the fire chases me, running for my life. It takes up all the field behind me, so no going back in any way, so I just keep running and think someday I'll get somewhere and won't need to run. It'll be safe. Last week, I dropped one of my best pods, told I was getting promoted, watched the Sixers dismantle the Celtics, got a quote tweet by Mike Scott, redacted, redacted. And then, when the friend left, I was back in the field. I hadn't eaten well. I hated cod first weekend just because of how bad I was. I called out sick to therapy, and all of a sudden I had decisions to make on certain things, and I'm back in this field, and I'm looking around as I finally take a break and the flames get closer and I realize I've been overheating. I'm creating the fire, not running from it. So do you move forward into the more unknown field, or do you lay down and let the flames catch up? I don't know where I'm running to, and I'm not convinced anything is on the other side of the trees I've been staring at for 26 years. I'm more likely to commit suicide than ever propose. And the group proved everything I needed to know. I'm a blip and will disappear and no one is going to come looking. I'm going to be dead at 30. Well, that is a lot. A little bit. And I'm not proud of the parts that I believe and the parts I don't believe, but... It's something that I've not said on the podcast and I've been afraid to say to the psych and the therapist, but I I put a lot of pressure on myself and age 30 means a lot to me and I'm scared because I'm looking ahead and all these good things happen and then all of a sudden one bad things happen and then it throws me off and 
you just keep looking forward and you get really angry because you think, you know, I, I did it, I did good. And then you end up right back here and you're like, well, what did I do wrong? What, who did I hurt? And you're realizing you didn't even talk to anybody this week. So how could you have hurt somebody? Or do you think you owe somebody? But I feel immense guilt all the time. And when I'm not running, when I'm not doing something, you know what I did Saturday before I chucked all those brownies in my mouth? I went to the gym because we didn't record a podcast and I didn't go to the gym that week. So if I didn't go to the gym and we didn't record a podcast, I was going to hate myself even more Sunday. And that's the running I've been doing. And I'm just trying to find a comfortable space where I don't feel like I have to always do everything. But there's certain things that matter to me. And I think the podcast not getting recorded last week kind of hurt me a little bit because it means a lot to me. But, you know, I'm afraid as hell that in whatever time period that I'm not going to say out loud to me getting promotion that I'm going to fuck it up at a job that I've been doing so well at that they just told me I'm getting a promotion well in advance that they need to tell me. So, like, I'm just really upset that I went from this really happy and positive place that people could really feel. And I'm feeling some of the negativity, but I do want to say, though, to the people that are listening and that just heard what I said and even me just a couple of hours ago sending out something thinking that I'm going to kill myself by age 30... I want you to know that even the three weeks to a month that I felt happiness was enough of a reminder between now and us recording the podcast that I remembered happiness is possible and that meant a lot to me. And tonight, Bobby got to meet someone he's never met before. And it was somebody that's meant something to me in my life, my whole life. And he got to meet their partner and we all had a great time. And it was kind of a reminder that like, you know, I don't have to worry about some of these things that I'm worrying about because we still get to have a great time. And I was so worried about this podcast. I was worried that we were somehow going to come back to this podcast and it wasn't going to be the same thing that it was before because Steph Driver was our peak. And I love Steph and I thank her for being on. But Steph, you're giving me imposter syndrome right now because I'm like, Steph Driver was the podcast, not us. And I was like, that's our peak. We're going downhill you know, the field is just empty ahead of me and where am I going? But I'm really excited about this podcast. I'm really excited to work with Bobby. I'm really excited to do the other things I'm working on. I think I'm just getting emotional because maybe it's, you know, drug interactions or something like that that are just throwing me off. But, you know, I, I had what people call a positive crisis and it can happen to you. If it's ever happened to you, you're not alone. It's not a fake thing. You didn't make it up. It's real. It can happen. And Bobby, I'm going to throw it to you for a little bit because I know you've been having some questions on. I can see you're like thinking on it a little bit and I just kind of dominated. This is your new world positive crisis. What do you think? And I, I think you've probably yeah. felt it a little bit before without realizing it too. I'm sure I have. Like, so, how, Do you feel it right but, now with the Sixers a little bit? Yeah, but that's more of... Honestly, again, that's like imposter syndrome. Like... And well, I, I always yeah. I always feel that with Penn State football too. Like we're number Penn State's ranked number five in the country, and I just watch every game. I'm like, we're fucking frauds. Yeah, like, so they're so we're just gonna get exposed soon. It's all gonna fall apart. Whatever. I did that to the Eagles until they won against the Vikings. Like I like I, the Falcons game. I was just like, we've been exposed as frauds. We just happen to win. And then I ate my fucking words. Like two, like games later. Like I mean, one game later, and then two games later for sure. Like, it's it's something that kind of runs through both of us, I think, in a sports perspective. But people don't really think of it in terms of their own life of, like, wow, a lot of great things are happening. Can I handle all of these great things, and can I keep them going? And, like, yeah. some of them are internal-driven. Some of them are external-driven. Some of them are just the things you do daily. Some of them are things that you go out of your way to do. Yeah, I, I relate to that way more in a sports sense than a personal sense. And that's something that I've always associated with, like, Philadelphia fandom because – Outside of the Super Bowl and the World Series in 2008, like, something's always gone wrong. Especially the Eagles, like, they were the they were the best franchise in the NFC for probably a decade and made yeah. one Super Bowl and blew it, like, so I relate to it more in that, like, I see things going well and I'm just like, when's it kind of come crashing back down? Your analogy about running through a field and watching the fire spread behind you and then eventually realizing that you're causing the fire. 
that that was the least surprising thing you've ever said to me because you've you you have this you always think that you are somehow toxic like ever since we became really good friends and we have this group chat where we all talk a lot for most of the day like there's always every couple weeks there's some time where you're just like having some sort of breakdown and this is not an insult this is just you you're aware of this but there's always some time where you're having some sort of breakdown and you're like basically telling us like get away from me like i'm not worth your effort and shit like that we're like cody shut the fuck up we love you like stop stop saying this shit about yourself and stop more importantly we try to tell you stop believing this shit about yourself but obviously that's easier said than done my analogy for you rather than running through a field and running from flames and having to keep moving and then realizing that you're the cause of the flames is that i feel like you're your mind and your self-perception is like a um like a house of mirrors like every now and then you catch a glimpse of yourself in a normal mirror and you're like oh shit like things are going pretty good at my job i have this podcast i think it's pretty good i have these great friends like when you're talking to girls it goes like relatively well but then so much of the rest of the time you see your life reflected and you're seeing it distorted. And yeah. the, the the distortion that you see is to me, that is like what causes you to, and, and I'm saying like 70% of the time you see this distorted image of yourself in your life. And I feel like that is what causes all these doubts to come in when, like you have this positive crisis, you catch another glimpse of yourself and you're like, oh, okay, things are going pretty well. But 70% of the time, the mirrors tell me something different. So this, that can't be right. And then doubt creeps in. Yeah, I, I think you hit on something very, you know, even compelling to me as the person you're talking about <laughs> listening to it that just like, I do think you're right. I, I, I was conditioned to a certain thing, and I think there's a lot of stuff in the podcast that we still haven't even dove into about me as much as I do want more stories of other people. But I, I'm i not kidding when I say, and I've had a lot of imposter syndrome through this podcast, but I'm not kidding when I say that since four years old, I haven't had any sense of consistency past the school that I went to. I went to the same elementary school, K through five, middle school, six through eight, high school, nine through 12. Those were consistent. But the whole time you're moving around, right? Yeah, I probably went to more beds and homes than I went to grades. I see my mom don't see my mom my mom passes away in the middle of high school and i kind of just block it out my father and i basically have a ghost relationship my brother comes out of nowhere addicted to something clean on something hates me mega whatever and just nothing just none of it none of it it's made any fucking sense for like 25 years. And I get to this 26th year and it doesn't mean anything to me in terms of 26, but like... Yeah, there's no 26 club. It's yeah. Just, it's just Otis Redding. Yeah. And Bradley well, Noel, I think. Well, Otis Redding's still pretty good. I'll take that. Me and Otis Redding. I'll be the most famous Cody to die at 26. Uh, I'm not going to die at 26. Hopefully not. 30 is the age I said. Let's stick to it. Um, yeah, we got to address that. I got four more years. I got to watch some Sixers championships. We'll push it back depending on the Sixers are doing. Anyway, um, no, that was a heat of the moment thing. Of that's, that's stupid. That is a bad mindset. I agree with that. But what I'm saying is just that, like, I'm so conditioned that everything will go wrong because I've literally been in that feedback loop. And if you don't believe me, just... Just ask. 
anybody anybody who got this far in the podcast and doesn't believe the shit I just said or thinks anything that I'm doing right now is fake, just ask. Because I've told my friends, Bobby's heard the stories that haven't been on the podcast yet. He's heard the, all the stories on the podcast that you haven't listened to yet because you're a bad listener and you need to go back and give Neurotica five stars on iTunes and a good rating and review and then go back and listen to all the episodes. But Bobby's heard a lot. Other friends have heard a lot. If I'm making this shit up, I'm the best liar in the world. Yeah. And I got to say, my father said it to me the other day and I said, you know, that doesn't mean shit to me. I don't want to make an excuse anymore, but shit catches up with me, man. I, I, I can't explain it to anybody, anybody anymore. I don't know what's depression. I don't know what's anxiety. I don't know what's me, me holding on the past. I don't know what's attitude. I'm trying everything I can. You've seen it. You've seen the very happy version of me recently. You're seeing the very weirdly sad, out of nowhere version of me right now. I'm trying everything I can. I go to a psych and a therapist. I try to work out just to keep my body well, but also my mind well. I try to do those things that I have on my checklist that I think I need to do because I know me sitting on a couch doing nothing means so much more pain than sitting on a couch recording a podcast that might be bad at 2.30 in the morning with you and release it. And that's, I guess, why I was a little bit more upset. It's because I wanted to just do something and we didn't get something out. And I got scared because it was like all these good things happened and they all came to a halt in one second. And I thought, I can't get this momentum back. Yeah, but you know what? To me, the fact that you're upset about us not recording a podcast is such a huge step in the right direction because there's been so many times that I come over and you had a bad day at work, you had just had a breakup, and you're just like, dude, I can't do it today. And that that's when I'm disappointed, but I'm like, he can't do it. Like, I, he obviously he can't do it today. Like, I'm not going to push him to do it today. And so the fact that you're at the point where you are excited enough to do it that you can be let down that we're not doing it. I feel like that is a big step in the right direction in your confidence in the podcast and your confidence in yourself in like the sense of forward momentum that you have. And I don't know. I think that's good. And another thing that you touched on was you don't know what's, what's a pill mix, what's an attitude, what's childhood trauma. It reminded me of something that I realized i think i was in like high school when i was in high school you might have been in grade school there was you might have been in middle school you sat made that sound like i'm like 12 compared to your like about to graduate younger than me and i two years i don't remember when this happened there's a space a space shuttle exploded yeah which i have like literally no recollection of like i know that it happened but i don't recollect it in the same way that i recollect 9-11 yeah i feel like so you're probably right you were probably on your younger days of high school so in middle school it just kind of glazed over my brain so for whatever reason too busy getting bullied all the time (laughs) so i forget what space shuttle it is that blew up can you look challenger can you, can you look it up while I'm saying this? No, isn't it the Challenger? That Did blew it, up a in different ni- one. That was 1980. Yep. Again, just me being a complete dumbass. Sorry. <laughs> also, apparently my art... Cody has no concept of time. Apparently, apparently my art teacher when I was in grade school was supposed to be on that space shuttle. Like she's getting Wait, trained for. Wait. Okay, I do remember there was a yes, there was a space shuttle explosion that was Discovery. No, that's not it. Maybe it was whatever it was, and Cody will tell us later. It exploded and they didn't know why. And I was like, well, they have NASA physicists and mathematicians on it. Like, they can factor in Space Shuttle Columbia. That's what it was. Okay, so I was was still in grade school, actually. So I was like, they have these, like, NASA people on the case. The Some of the smartest, like, math and physics people on the entire planet. They'll be able to pinpoint everything like control for everything figure out exactly what it was and they couldn't and i was like how the f-? i was like it's nasa how can they not like put it all together and now when you're describing your mental health i'm now can <laughs> i'm not comparing your mental health to the space shuttle columbia disaster uh, great, which is awesome but <laughs> it's making me like it's reminding me of that in that no matter how many experts you talk to 
there's just too many factors between medication, childhood trauma, like smoking weed, not um, exercising enough or exercising too much. Like there's so many little things that play into it that there's no way anyone could figure it out. Yeah, and I, I do think like, that there's sometimes... No way, there's no way anyone could pinpoint it. So. There are there are times where people come back and say, oh, you're depressed, why don't you just drink more water or work out more? And it, it's disingenuous because those might be part of the factors. That Like, you're, you're actually right, but you didn't stop to consider that that was not the yeah. cure. Those like, are, those are you, always you people... consider that was the cure, like, that was the problem. Those are always people that were, like, kind of out of shape and were always bummed about it and then they got in good shape and like, like got a girlfriend and they were like no oh, i just like lifted a lot no. yeah yeah i cured, just cured my depression so that's the only kind of depression there yeah. is because i don't have any empathy yeah bobby would you say i'm ugly and broke no yeah okay so that doesn't fucking work the first I'm time beautiful the first time I met Cody was at a bar called Bonners in Philadelphia. Great. And I just kept looking. I was like kind of drunk and I just kept looking at him and be like, dude, you're so fucking handsome. What the I hell? literally thought Bobby was doing a bit and trolling me. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was like, how is someone that I'm meeting off Twitter so fucking handsome? I was literally <laughs> intimidated by Bobby and he was saying this to me. So I just thought he was just fucking with me and that I was like the butt of some big joke. But Bobby was genuous, genuine and generous enough to say those things. But I I'm also, genuine. I sang yeah, you, and then genuine part two. Yes, you did do that as well. But I, I'm not saying that to talk myself up. I'm just saying that like, it's not the things you think. I do acknowledge when I was working out a lot, my self esteem was higher, but I made a lot of other mental sacrifices that did, did not help me. That caused a lot of other pain because I was trying to go to the gym four days a week, and I would sacrifice either things I could do with friends. Or just put myself through some, like, serious, just, like, mental, like, fuck you, Cody, get to the fucking gym, like, ringer to get there. So, there was other side effects that were in play. So, yes, I get what you're saying. But, I guess what I'm... That's more of a general observation about mental health than anything. I guess what scares me is something that we've kind of talked about in the past. And I don't want to get too much into this because it is a heavy topic that I think we've gotten into already but just the t- we talking about you know the anthony bourdain's and the, the chester bennington's and the chris cornell's and the kate spades the people that you think you know they've, they've mastered this they should be happy and then you know they're gone and for me like you know to have a couple of weeks of happy i wasn't gone but i i had a moment and it's it it's the same scary thing and i just want to strive to a point where i can help others and say i want to help you get to that moment where you're not worrying about that moment you know yeah like i want you to be at a place in your life where you're not thinking about what happens when i go back to that i want you to look forward in that field and say it doesn't matter what's behind me whether it's fire water whatever there's a field ahead of me and i get to run in whatever direction i think that's what i'm having trouble with right now is just I guess I just don't know what direction I want to run in. So all of it looks so overwhelming. Yeah. And I think that's a very relatable thing. It's just that it hits me harder. And I I think I'm willing to acknowledge very simply, and you could have asked me this, you know, episode one, if you were ever a person listening to this and was like, this guy is such a fucking asshole. Like, I dramatize everything. I don't fucking, like, pretend like everything I do is actually as dramatic as it is, like I think it is. I understand that, like, a lot of my own mental health is self-inflicted, but what you need to understand is that's what mental health is. Like, it's yes. it's your brain eating itself, essentially. And if I sound fucking dramatic, it's because I think it's that important. I really don't care how important you think it is, because at the end of the day, your opinion doesn't help me sleep at night. Yeah, Something that this is reminding me of is an article that Drew McGarry of the late Deadspin, R.I.P. El Ripo. Wrote in 2017, and it was in part about what was kind of an annoying ongoing beef between Deadspin and Barstool. And it was basically him acknowledging a bunch of shit that he had written in the past that he was no longer proud of, that he no longer felt reflected him. And he, one of what, part of what he said, and we've, we've also talked about this before, was when 
he would say something is like gay and he meant it was lame. Yeah. Like, and someone would criticize him about it. He'd be like, well, no, nah, I mean, it's lame. It's not like an insult. I'm not like trying to insult gay people. Like, what are you like all up in arms about? And it's like the fact that you didn't intend it to do it that way doesn't mean that those people are not offended. Yeah. And in a similar way, like the fact that what we see happening to Cody or anyone else that struggles with mental health issues, the the fact that we see some small thing happen to them and we're like, who cares? it's like something small. Who fucking cares? Get over it. Like the fact that we perceive it that way doesn't change the way that they feel about it. So if, if Cody is like in, if Cody or someone with like similar mental things going on as Cody has is in a grocery store and nothing happens and he is going through this turnstile like you have to understand that they're not it's not they're not reacting to something the way that you would they're reacting to something because of the particular stuff going on with them and you have to give them room to deal with it and help them if they ask you to yeah and I I just want to piggyback off that though is again, that I don't want people to think that I'm some kind of special case that needs help all the time, but, like, I, I'll i just admit, I've cried on the street, I've sung songs to myself, I'm very just an emotional, like, get-into-things person, and I don't need anybody to stop me on the street when I'm crying. I just need people to understand that, like, just because I interpreted something one way doesn't mean that I'm like a bad person and I've understand in, in the past I've done this I've been definitely a victim of this well not a victim a perpetrator of this uh, where I interpreted something so I attributed to something that's an attribution theory error and it happens a lot with mental health but it's happened as me to people without mental health but what I'm just trying to say is some of the stuff that I go through it doesn't make sense to me either. It doesn't make sense to me that when good things happen, I feel bad. It's a, there's nothing about that is logical. If I could stop that, I would. That's not an attitude thing. When when you're looking forward to things in your life, what other attitude could I have that stops this overwhelming feeling in my body that isn't even a thought? It's just a feeling. So right now, I'm Cody Ryan. I feel good about Neurotica. I feel good about my friends. I feel good about my life. And that wasn't who I was a couple hours ago for whatever reason. Maybe it was just a mood swing because of some medication that I'm taking right now. Or just the side effect of something else that happened that I just didn't realize triggered me. But I just want you to know that I can live my life. I can be a person. And I can do these things. But don't ever assume you know everything about me. Don't ever assume that the reason that I did the thing I did is because you had me pegged. Because I will never be like someone you meet again. And that's not me bragging about myself or thinking I'm special. I know I'm different. Sometimes that scares me. Sometimes it upsets me. Sometimes it makes me angry. And sometimes it makes me the happiest person in the world. And I just wanted to say that Finally, because I think this was an episode I needed just to be me. And we have had a lot of episodes lately where it's been me and Bobby, but as I'm looking for more voices, I really do want to hear more people's stories. Like, I told a friend today my dream would be that Neurotica just goes on tour forever and we just go find people's stories. But I needed this episode for me. This is my podcast, but this is also Bobby's podcast. I took this one... But we're going to give Bobby that trip to L.A. that he's been waiting for. Fuck and then you. finally, Bobby will get the podcast he wants. No, we'll give Bobby your Bones podcast. You and your fucking Bones. Basically, if there's one if there's one thing that we want you to take away from every episode, like, no matter if we're fucking around or if we're, like, being serious like we are today, the message that we want you to take is, like, have empathy for people. Because being humans. Yeah, because... And this is something that I... It's like an existential... I don't really know what the word existential means, but the way it's popularly used, like, 
So it's hard to believe that everyone that passes by you has like as complicated of an inner life as you do, but they do. So like your friends, strangers, like do your best to have empathy for them because you have no idea what's going on. If they're a dickhead, they're a dickhead, be a dick to them, but whatever. Just like kind of be aware of things. And I also want to say that my mental health brethren, I do understand your cause and I have the empathy, but also remember we're not the only ones struggling as well. We should have the same empathy. We don't get a pass because we feel the pain. We need to have the same empathy for others, and we are the best advocates for helping those other people. So I think this is a good time for us to transition to plugs as we try to bring some positivity. <laughs> so, Bobby, what do you want to you know plug this week? What do you got going on? Um, so last Thursday afternoon, the day we're recording, but a couple of days ago on Monday, I wrote a breakdown on the fifth quarter about the fight between Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns and the ensuing social media uh, petty wars that were happening. Um, so go read that. I think it was pretty good. I, I did a little video editing for it for the first time in my life, Ooh. but I think it's worth a read. And uh, fifth quarter also has some pretty good t-shirts and you know merch that you guys should check out if you like it. Um that is my main thing. Cody, what do you got to plug? Um, so, still trying to Twitch some more. So, twitch.tv slash Codran. Um, we mentioned earlier in the episode, Mike Scott did quote tweet me. I just wanted to plug that because I think that's dope and I want to rub it in everybody's face. Don't uh, buy the shirt. Just like no, Mike Scott's tweet. Please buy the shirt, too, because <laughs> I get money for that. No, um, we designed a shirt for um, Matisse Thibault. It says, Broad Street Thigh Bully, if you like it, you can join it. Only thing you have to do is buy the shirt. We've got nothing else planned. Just buy a shirt if you won't like it. If you don't, don't buy a fucking shirt. That's all I'm saying. The only reason I'm saying that is because people started giving us comments, and I was just like, dude, I have no like care for whatever your like criticism of our shirt is, because but I literally just put out a shirt. The one that annoyed me was the guy saying, no, it's Thigh Bully, and it just like the way thigh bull is spelled but you say the e yeah and i was like dude the word bull like b-u-l-l-b-o-u-l has been a slang word in philly for like 15 years yeah and i really didn't want a shirt that just said broad street and then his name because anybody with a brain would just read his broad street thigh bull and i I guess that could have been cool shirt too but i just didn't want that shirt i was like you've you've literally never stepped foot in the city of philadelphia if you don't know that the word bull is a slang term yeah and maybe Broad Street... Fuck off, try again later. Maybe Broad Street Thigh Bull was cooler, but Broad Street Thigh Bullies as a group, I think, is kind of just a fun name, but I I really don't plan to do anything with it. It's just a shirt. Matisse Thigh. Yes, whatever. It's just a shirt. (laughs) All right, well, that's all we really have to plug, but remember, you can always follow the podcast at Neurotic of the Pod, where we'll always post updates of new episodes, people that we're plugging um, on our meantime that we think are, you know, people you should check out, our friends of the podcast... And you can always follow me and Bobby on social media, which you mentioned in multiple different episodes. So we're just going to let you guess it this week. But uh, Bobby, any last parting words before I say something really horrible that will ruin your career or life? Uh, Sure, yeah. Uh, One is let us know if there's anyone you want to hear from, as always. We're always looking for good, interesting guests, uh, especially non-white guys. Yep. And uh, tweet at Hoodie Allen to come on the pod. Completely and, contradictory to what I just said, but he's yeah. doing this, so. And I just want to say congrats to Bobby on finally deciding that he's going to vote for Joe Biden. Thanks, everybody. That was Neurotic.